It's time for the Predator Way Podcast. The show starts now. Yes, sir. podcast on Penalty Box Radio, and I am your host, Boyd Farish. And the NHL schedule has rolled past the All-Star break, and it is full steam ahead towards the trading deadline and the playoffs. So on this episode, I'll look at expectations for the Nashville Predators in the weeks ahead, look ahead to the trade deadline, what the plans there might be, and some of the recent comments from General Manager David Poyle. I'll break down the Cole Smith re-signing, and then after the break... It looks like there might be some reinforcements coming to the Milwaukee Admirals, and I'll wrap up the show taking a look at a few storylines around the league. So entering play following the All-Star break, the Nashville Predators currently sit four points out of a wildcard spot, but they do have games in hand on almost every team in front of them, not named the Colorado Avalanche. From today, February 7th, until the trade deadline, the Predators have 11 games left, but only four of those are against currently slotted playoff teams, though the Florida Panthers could certainly change that. What that means is the Predators have a chance to pick up points against teams like Vancouver, Arizona, and San Jose, who are not playoff teams this season. What is also interesting, two of those four games against playoff teams are against Vegas and Minnesota, who are teams that Nashville might have to pass just to get in the playoffs. So all told... It's a difficult road to a playoff spot. It will probably take the Predators getting a record of 8-3 or better just to be in a wildcard spot by the deadline. About that trade deadline. It has been repeated multiple times by both General Manager David Poyle and various NHL insiders that, for the Nashville Predators, the first couple weeks post the All-Star break would really inform what the strategy might be in terms of buying or selling. Looking to the weeks ahead, where I'm really looking is on February 24th, which is following a Thursday night game versus San Jose that would mark eight games in out of the 11 and a potential 16 points in the standings. If the Predators are closer than they are today, which is less than four points out of a playoff spot or in a playoff spot at that point, then I think it's realistic that David Poyle will look to add. Nashville does have a couple extra picks over the next couple seasons, And as was shown by Scott Wheeler's prospect breakdown, putting the Nashville Predators at number 10 in the league, they do have a good set of prospects to draw from if they want to use them to make a trade. However, the Nashville Predators are short on one important thing when it comes to adding players, and that is cap space. So to facilitate any type of trade, the Predators may have to move salary out or potentially overpay for another team to retain salary. The real question then becomes, is what would David Poyle go after? He could look to patch a pretty leaky defense that is over-reliant on goaltending, or add to a possibly over-performing offense of late, and just decide to try to outscore the defensive issues. As the calendar gets closer to the trading deadline, I will take a look at a few potential targets, what the cost might be, and how they might fit into the lineup. But, at the very least, it does appear there are some good options at both ends of the ice. So, let's take a look from the other angle. 
what if the Predators come out and go three and five in these next eight games leading up to my line in the sand of February 24th? David Poyle will be faced with a decision he's really put off now for multiple seasons, and that is some type of rebuild and not just the competitive rebuild or retooling that he narrated a couple years ago. The Predators do have some tradable assets in Nino Niederreiter, Dante Fabro, possibly Mikhail Granlund, and maybe even Matt Duchesne if he keeps up his recent hot streak. However, that's not enough to fully rebuild, but it would help the roster transition continue and open up more room on the NHL roster for younger talents like Philip Tomasino. So now to some of the comments from General Manager David Poyle and trying to translate through some of the GM speak. On 102.5 Today, he did mention that he is talking to lots of teams. With not that many buyers or sellers out there independently, it would appear that David Poyle is working through both options and understanding what he could possibly get done if the team tries to buy or sell, or even some combination of both depending on the players he's targeting. And then the final comment, nothing is imminent right now for the Predators. I find this comment really interesting. One thing to remember about GM speak is that word choice matters. And using a phrase like nothing imminent tells me that there are things in the works that maybe haven't yet been finalized, more so than nothing is actually happening. So it's definitely worth keeping an eye on and an ear to the comments from David Poyle over the next couple weeks to see if a similar type of GM speak stays in, or if the narrative sort of shifts to reveal more action or inaction. But then looking forward from the deadline, and with the NHL coming to Nashville this summer for both the NHL awards and the NHL draft, having an excited and engaged fan base only elevates the experience. And utilizing the trade deadline for a big trade or two either to add or to build for the future, would certainly contribute to that fan base excitement and the experience of having marquee NHL events in Nashville. One decision that has already been made is bringing back forward Cole Smith. Just this week, Cole Smith signed a one-year extension at league minimum for the 2023-2024 season, and it is worth noting that it is a one-way contract. So waving him to the AHL doesn't actually save salary. Now, Smith is what he is. A fourth-line energy player who skates and forechecks well, creates net front traffic, and contributes to the penalty kill. He is limited offensively, as we have all seen. Though, in the end, Cole Smith as a 12th or 13th forward, he's fine. And so far this season, he's not really been a negative impact. And in some games, he's been a net positive in terms of creating turnovers, creating traffic, and helping to drive some play from the bottom of the lineup. As I noted on Twitter, the discourse around keeping Cole Smith is less about him as a player, as much as not really seeing a clear plan to get the Predators to either more than a bubble team and into true contender status, or going into a rebuilding mode. But to summarize, I'm happy for Cole Smith. Getting a one-way contract in the NHL is not a small accomplishment. And certainly happy for him for all the work he's put in over the years to make that happen. And I don't really have a problem with him being on the Predators roster 
like I said, he's fine as a depth option. He's fine as a depth player. It does make one wonder just how the roster will shake out if there aren't larger, broader changes in the making looking forward. So that's all on the Nashville Predators and their run-up to the trade deadline and what they might do there. After the break, I'll take a look at some possible additions to the AHL Milwaukee Admirals and take a swing around the league on some broader storylines. And we're back on the Predator Way podcast on Penalty Box Radio. So there have been some recent comments from David Poyle highlighting the possibility that both 2021 first-round pick Fyodor Svechkov and 2022 first-round pick Joachim Kemmel could both come over to North America once their respective KHL and Liga seasons end. Adding one or both to an already strong Milwaukee Admirals roster could be a significant boost. Svechkov possesses a strong two-way game from the center position and is probably undervalued for his skill with the puck. So putting him down the middle for the Admirals potentially helps lessen the blow from Yusuf Parsonen now being fully entrenched as an NHL player. Joachim Kemmel is a purebred scorer from the winger position, and the release on his wrister reminds me a lot of Philip Forsberg. Is he a complete player? No. But there is a lot to like there, and getting him over to North American ice, North American training programs, the NHL organizations, could really help jumpstart his growth and get him closer to NHL ready sooner rather than later. All that to say, the Milwaukee Admirals will continue to be a team worth watching as their season progresses towards the Calder Cup playoffs. So now taking a look around the league, there actually has been a lot going on over the past couple weeks that is definitely worth highlighting. Probably the biggest story of late has been the trade of center Bo Horvat from the Vancouver Canucks to the New York Islanders. And while many weren't overwhelmed with the value of the trade going both ways, it did seem to be relatively even. So even if it wasn't a significant win-win or win-lose in either direction, it felt pretty even and pretty reasonable for a trade. Though for anyone in Nashville, Horvat getting the immediate contract extension before actually playing a game has significant shades of the Kyle Turris trade. And as it pertains to Nashville, Horvat was always a long shot for the Predators. There wasn't an obvious fit, and it would have been a pretty complicated trade, but what it does start to do is set the market for what forward trades, especially higher-end forwards, could look like. A high prospect, a first-round pick, and a youngish roster player. Next up is Jacob Verana of the Detroit Red Wings. It's been reported the past couple days that he will not return to the Red Wings lineup. He's currently playing in the AHL for their affiliate, the Grand Rapids Griffins. And what's important to note for Jacob Verana is he did spend time in the NHL player assistance program and has battled numerous injuries. While all you can do is hope that he has passed all of those things, it is interesting that the Red Wings have decided to move on from him. And it makes one curious about what that means about his situation. 
as a player, Verona's a very talented scoring forward. He is still in his prime and has a year remaining on his contract under $6 million. That's a pretty attractive player. So it will be in- interesting to see if another team takes a chance on probably a low-cost trade or if other teams just stay away and Verona ends up being bought out this summer. One of the most interesting stories of this season is the rise of the Buffalo Sabres. The most recent aspect of that is signing forward Dylan Cousins to a seven-year extension. As a player, he has 43 points in 49 games and just joins a really talented roster with Tage Thompson, Rasmus Dahlin, Owen Power, and a number of other rising prospects that show the Sabres are really starting to put together a pretty impressive group. This season, they're already a top three scoring team with a young and growing defensive core. And honestly, they're just fun to watch. If you have the opportunity to see them on NHL Network or ESPN Plus or however you can watch games, just go watch the Sabres play. They are just fun. And they will definitely be a team to keep an eye on, not just through the rest of this season, but also into the offseason and ahead. And really, honestly, I'm kind of hopeful that they don't make a too early all-in move that stunts the rebuild and stunts the growth of the team. I'd really like to see this group kind of grow together and see what they can become. And then, because we are entering trading season, one of the most fascinating storylines is what really looks to be a boomer bust trade deadline. There are so many big names available. Eric Carlson, Timo Meyer, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Jacob Chikrin, Vladimir Tarasenko. But many of them also carry high salaries and in some cases a lot of term. So the question remains, will teams get creative and make it a trade deadline for the ages? Or will the ever cautious nature of NHL general managers win out and we end up seeing a bunch of overpaid depth moves. As you might be able to tell, I'm not a huge fan of trading a first-round pick for a third-pair defenseman. But personally, I am here for the chaos, so let's hope teams throw caution to the wind and go for the big move, and let's make it fun down the stretch. That will do it for this episode of the Predator Way podcast on Penalty Box Radio. If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe to Penalty Box Radio on your preferred podcast platform. Once again, I am your host, Boyd Farish. You can find me on Twitter at Boyd underscore 1212 and my written work on PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Thanks so much for listening, and be well, everyone.